In fact, in three feet from goal, one of the people I interviewed was uh, Evander Holyfield. Yeah. And, and I asked him, I go, Evander, I go, how did you win so many heavyweight championships? And he goes, that's easy. He goes, I had a higher standard. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I showed up early. I left late. I invented exercises. I had a higher standard and I won more championships than anyone. He goes, where could you be in your own business if you raised your standard? Mm-hmm. I said, but didn't it hurt being in a fight? He says, yeah, but when you're in a fight, you don't focus on the pain. You don't focus on the blows. As soon as you do, you end up on your back knocked out. But that's what people do outside the ring. They focus on gas prices, war, economy. And then they wonder why they never become a champion. Yeah. And he said, he pulled me in tight. An Adonis of a man missing half an ear bitten off by Tyson. <laughs> the funny thing is, he goes, when you do win the championship, everyone comes to their feet and they chant your name. They raise your hand in victory and they put a big shiny belt around your waist. He said, at that moment and at that second, you don't feel even one of the punches you took along the journey. But the guy in the losing locker room is going to have every bruise, every excuse for the rest of their life, wishing they had a higher standard. Greg, you've been publishing over 100 books. You're top speaker, entrepreneur, filmmaker, so much more, man. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's a pleasure being here, man. I've been looking forward to this talk the last week. Yes, absolutely. Well, I like to start my shows off by going back a bit to kind of where we start off. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? You know, it's interesting. I, I grew up here in the mean streets of San Diego, California, on the beach in Del Mar. I don't have one of those rags to riches story. Yeah. You know, never went without. And it was kind of like one of those little yuppie lifestyles. On the same note, I was raised by a mom who told me the craziest things that I believed. You could do anything you want if as long as you put your mind to it. And I was crazy enough to believe it. So even though I got a D in English, I can't spell, I can't write, I'm dyslexic. I'm a world-renowned author. Go figure, right? Yeah. And the secret was to work your strengths and hire your weaknesses. Oh, that's so good. And like we were just talking about, I just finished your book, Three Feet from Gold, Turn Your Obstacles into Opportunities. And I'm on that journey myself, just trying to like, you know, I'm getting rid of all that, that negative stuff that, you know, came from my childhood. Now it's just time to rock and roll and start changing some lives. And it's such a great book. But in this video that I saw on your website, you get this email from the Napoleon Hill Foundation, right? And they're excited to move forward with your project. What goes through your mind in that moment when you see that? Oh, it's about to get real, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, totally. For those who are not watching it, so here's one story. Napoleon Hill wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. We all yeah. know about that one. Well, and when he was 23 years old, he gained access to the richest dude of the world, Andrew Carnegie. Yeah. And at the end of it, Carnegie says, here's an opportunity. He says, work for me for free for 20 years, and I'll send you to meet my friends, and you'll write the first ever formula for success. Well, what happened is that he gave his guests 60 seconds to make up his mind to work for free for 20 years. And Napoleon Hill says, I'll accept that mission and I'll complete it. And Carnegie says, fine. And he pulls out a stopwatch he began and there was 31 seconds left. He made a major life-changing decision in 29 seconds. But what's cool is that Carnegie made that same offer to over 250 men before Napoleon Hill. He was the only guy to say yes because everyone else had a bad case of the one size once they get their big break, once they bit the thing. Well, Fast forward 100 years, 2008, the Napoleon Hill family and the foundation gave me that same opportunity. And so I got to write the Think and Grow Rich series. And what's interesting is that Napoleon Hill was never paid a penny to write Think and Grow Rich. So the foundation thought it'd be appropriate to pay me the same wage. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I went all in, man, and then did the journey, but it was still surreal, man. 
Wow. I mean, and you obviously ran into like failures throughout that process, uh, you know, getting no's. And I like to kind of picture it as like my other podcast is called the Top Rated May Show. And I ask fighters like, why do you want to get punched in the face? But us entrepreneurs and people that are in the business, like we get punched in the face all the time with all those no's, you know, like when you go through these valleys of, you know, getting no and getting shut down, how do you get through that? And how do you overcome that? What you call ghost of fear? Well, those are two different Two different topics, so I want to talk about both. So the first yeah. one, you, you never make a major life-changing decision while you're in a valley that's yep. in three feet from gold. Totally. Everything is cyclical. You have ups and you have downs. So when you have a down, you don't make a decision because it's your lowest point in life. But as soon as things start going up and you have a little wind in your sail, a little giddy-up in your step, you can make a decision from that point of view, and it'll save 10 years of your life from going back to correct the wrong choices because you made them based at your lowest point. So that's number one. And then the other one is the ghost of fear. Think of Girl Rich. The biggest chapter was called The Six Ghosts of Fear. But he talked about the fears 100 years ago. And I strongly disagree with those fears because they're not relevant today. They were then. Uh, he said one of the biggest life-changing you know, fears was the fear of loss of love. The divorce rates, 50 that's not killing anybody. It was the fear of getting old. Everyone wants to get old, right? I mean, so yeah. I, I don't agree with those fears. So the new fears i believe of 2021 or the top three are this one it's the fear of the unknown we don't know what's happening yeah. uh two the fear of pain that's why all the drug commercials but the biggest one is the fear of criticism it's the fear of judgment and there's a bumper sticker that says what would you do if you couldn't fail the big question is what would you do the moment you stop worrying what people thought yeah yep oh man that's so good and like with all the pain and all the, the criticism that comes, like one of the things that I heard you say was you look for the masses and then you go the opposite direction, which I think is awesome. Why is that so important? Well, it's like even in stocks right now I mean, or yeah. any type of thing you do. It was interesting uh, when all the calamity happened around the world, uh, the thing that shut down when people were all quarantined was they weren't going to their local coffee shop. I won't name it. And so I'm not a rocket scientist. I just went online and said, oh my gosh, their stock went down less than half. So I, what I do, I bought that stock because I realized the moment they open quarantine, where's the first place I'm going to go back? Right. Local coffee shop. Yeah. It's, it's not rocket science. It's just common sense. So what I do is I watch the masses and go the other way. So right now, if you're seeing everyone talking about a certain entities rocking it, I would never go to that direction. I go to the <laughs> one that people are running from because you're going to buy low and then sell high. Yeah. So good. So good. I wanted to talk about your event. It's called the secret knock or secret knock, which is the number one networking event in the world, by the way, which is, it's awesome. It's scheduled for September this year, but it's an invite only event. Like what type of people are you inviting to this event? And if people are lucky enough to get in, what do they expect? And is there a cost around that? Like, it just looks amazing from the trailers I've seen. Yeah. Well, everyone's invited to apply for sure. And gotcha. so you go to secretknock.co. And we left the M off so people couldn't find us as a secret, and they still did. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we became Inc. Forbes and Entrepreneur's Top Business Event for Networking and Business Leaders. And the idea is instead of coaches, teachers, and mentors, I said, what if I just brought in the actual person who did what everyone else is talking about? So if you're going to start a brand new clothing line, go have tacos with Brian Smith. He founded the multi-billion dollar brand Ugg Boots. If you have an invention, here's the guy who created that magnetic strip on the back of a credit card. If you want idea for a board game, here's the guy who did Pictionary. What would it be like if you just hang out with the people who are doing what you want? So there is a cost. It's $3,000 to attend. And here's the best part. I will not tell you where it is or who will be there. Hmm. Plus, you can't even give me money to go. So the way it works, you have to go online, fill out yeah. an application, Someone calls you to make sure we can add value to you and you bring value to our tribe. 
And then when we accept you, we'll bring you to the system. We'll tell you the city, state, and then you can make reservations for your airline. And then right before we say, here's where it's at, secret location, so people go. And the reason we do that is the people we bring in are the highest level. For example, last time was President uh, Vicente Fox, and he didn't want to bring you know Secret Service stuff, so we don't let people know where it's going to be, so that way you know people can show up without having to have that security. And we did a private Skype with Edward Snowden while he's hiding in Russia, all the way down to you know all these amazing people coming in, and they just don't want to be bombarded with a bunch of outsiders. Man, that sounds like, sounds like such a great event. I'm sending my application in today. A hundred percent. And you know, it's interesting. People watching this, everyone's sitting there saying, I want to go, but I'm not worthy or I'm not ready, all this stuff. That's a bunch of malarkey. Again, what would you do if you stopped worrying what people thought? And right. the fact of the matter is if you're watching this, you're already different because most people are paying attention to these podcasts. The people that are actually listening to, tuning in, looking for the information, you're our tribe. <laughs> yeah. Come in, go apply. And, and the whole idea is what's common sense to you is genius to someone else. It yep. could be the simplest thing. My son's eight years old and he crushes it at Fortnite. No big deal. But guess what? Other people would love to learn his hacks and things like that. So it's common sense to him as a genius to someone else. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Excellent stuff, man. And I wanted to kind of shift over to the Wishman or Wishman show that a movie that you actually were a producer on. It's based off true story. Uh, Frank Shankwitz, he's the founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation. Like, how did all that come together? And what was it like to be part of that something that is just so special? Well, it's a secret knock moment slash, you know, a book I was writing called Stickability. Think and Grow Red Stickability, The Power to Persevere. Yeah. And during an interview, I asked him a question. I said, Frank, what was your wish? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, you're the founder of Make-A-Wish. What'd you ask for? And he says, no one asked me. I says, well, I'll give you your wish. Anything you want, tell me and I'll grant it. And he says, I just want my story to be told so my grandkids know I did something. Mm -hmm. So he signed over his life rights and said, I'll make it into a major movie. Just know I've never made a major movie. <laughs> so it took years and years of trials and tribulations. But last year when it came out, we actually made the final short list for the Oscars. We didn't get the nomination, but we actually made the ballot for the Oscars and we're streaming worldwide on Netflix right now. And Frank passed away last week, God rest his soul. But that guy is a warrior. And the yeah. whole thing is we got to make his wish come true so he could see it before he left the earth. Man, yeah, his story is unbelievable. Absolutely. You and I met on the app Clubhouse. That's where I was able to connect with you first. And then I had sent you over to Instagram. And Clubhouse seems to be this major platform right now where all these, you know, big guys, Grant Cardone, yourself, and like, you know, Elon Musk was on there the other day. Like, how do you see Clubhouse kind of fitting into the business world right now? Well, I, I tremendously. In fact, I, I'm almost been afraid to start peeling that onion, but right. I'm going today after this interview at 1.30 to go meet with one of the co-founders, as a matter of fact, to oh, awesome. see exactly what's going on and how it works and to get right from the horse's mouth. Again, here's my belief system. I'm not, pooled ignorance if you're a starving artist and hang out with starving artists you're just another starving artist yep. but if you're an artist and you go to a local gallery where they're pulling art off the shelves and they're selling it i'd ask that person for guidance mm -hmm. so what i'm going to do is go to the people who started clubs and say hey how's this really work how do i uh, get in there so i can make the most impact and give the most value to the people tuning in so and everyone's got the same accessibility and again people watching oh it's easy for you You've never heard of me, man. Not one of you have ever heard of me. So that's not true. Just yeah. like these people. The only difference is I have the courage to call and reach out. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. 
it's opened up so many doors. Obviously, the conversation that we're having today was based off of through that app. And then, you know, myself being in the MMA side of things, I was able to connect with Dan Caldwell, the founder of Tap Out. He's now going to be on my show here. Oh, that's Unbe- amazing. Yeah. I mean, and his story is unbelievable. And I just, I, I feel like my shows, they all like, you know, kind of, I got all these scheduled over the next couple of weeks. In fact, I'm on a podcast where I have a guest on my podcast every day through mid April right now. But I knew that if I had the opportunity to talk to guys at your level or a dance level or anyone else that has just an amazing story, I was going to take it. And I was like, boom, I don't care how busy I am. I'm up at 4am six days a week. Let's make it happen. You know, that's great. And don't ever get me, uh, get you in a headlock because I get that beard, man. I start getting <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do what you got to do to get him down. You know how it is. It's right. MMA, baby. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I like being on this side of the cage. I've never fought, but I'm a huge fan of the sport. And, you know, I grew up watching Mike Tyson on pay-per-view and stuff like that as a kid. And I remember as a kid, my cousin and I in first grade, we'd walk into small town Prosser, Washington and go like to the VHS store and rent UFC one and two. And so like been watching it forever. And yeah, that was yeah. all the species back in the day. I mean, that was like the, the, the cool thing. Well, yeah. I've been following well, I mean, it's it's such a, a great activity. In fact, in Three Feet from Goal, one of the people I interviewed was uh, Evander Holyfield. Yeah. And, and I asked him, I go, Evander, I go, how did you win so many heavyweight championships? And he goes, that's easy. He goes, I had a higher standard. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I showed up early. I left late. I invented exercises. I had a higher standard and I won more championships than anyone. He goes, where could you be in your own business if you raised your standard? Mm-hmm. I said, but didn't it hurt being in a fight? He says, yeah, but when you're in a fight, you don't focus on the pain. You don't focus on the blows. As soon as you do, you end up on your back knocked out. But that's what people do outside the ring. They focus on gas prices, war, economy. And then they wonder why they never become a champion. Yeah. And he said, he pulled me in tight. An Adonis of a man missing half an ear bitten off by Tyson. He said, the funny thing is, he goes, when you do win the championship, everyone comes to their feet and they chant your name. They raise your hand in victory and they put a big shiny belt around your waist. He said, at that moment and at that second, you don't feel even one of the punches you took along the journey. But the guy in the losing locker room is going to have every bruise, every excuse for the rest of their life, wishing they had a higher standard. Yeah, man. One of the other stories that you kind of talked about was, uh, I forget who the, the lady was, but she held a $100 bill for you. And ah. she was like, you know, like, here, you want this? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. And then she crumbled it up and you're like, hey, you still want this? Like, that is such a great... Um, picture of what people need to be like yeah we still want that you know what was it was that moment like and and i probably just botched that story but that story was unbelievable when i heard it well i'm sure a lot of people heard it on instagram and things of this nature but for me 12 years ago living it was a different experience so her name is jen via boss she started pink magazine that's right and and i asked her a question it says i go i want to be you know rich like you what's it like and uh and i and she goes what where do you where are you at and i said well i've got a bad case of the eustas she goes, what's that? I go, well, I used to have a bigger house. But <laughs> things are challenging. And she pulled out a hundred dollar bill and she goes, do you want that? I said, absolutely. Yeah. She crumpled it. She goes, you want it? I go, yeah. She throws it down on the ground and steps on it like a cigar, butt. she goes, you still want that? I go, hundred percent. I could use that dough. Yeah. And she goes, isn't it interesting when we get thrown to the ground, stepped on and trampled, we think our value as a person changes, but the hundred dollars is still worth a hundred dollars, no matter what it goes through. In fact, everything that you go through that doesn't tear you down or break you just proves what you're capable of and makes you stronger in the end. Yeah. Yeah. You've talked to so many successful people and I always love to ask this question, but how would you define success? Freedom. That's it. Freedom. You know, that, that's it. It's, a, it's the flag behind your head. It, it comes down yeah. to freedom uh, of having the ability to 
eat what you want, go where you want, have them. In fact, this last year has been a great example of how little freedom we truly have as a human species. You know, sure. it's all an illusion, right? You know, yeah. it's so interesting. I had so many multi-billionaire friends. I mean, just, you have no idea how wealthy these guys are, but they weren't allowed to even fly the private plane where they wanted to go or a thing. And I go, wow. So no matter what the illusion of freedom is, it is just an illusion. But yeah. at the end of the day, I want as much of that illusion of freedom in my life because I think that's where joyous, free lifestyle mentality truly, you know, resides. Yep, I agree. I, I still work a full-time job on top of doing my, both my podcasting, but the end goal that, that what I'm passionate about is this, what we're doing, having conversations with amazing people like yourself and, you know, being able to speak. I actually spoke for the first time yesterday. I got my first paid speaking gig yesterday. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm booked already for another one next week. So yeah, excited for that. And, you know, just seeing that. And that's what's successful. Like you said, freedom. You know, I want the freedom to- And do me a favor, throw my hat in the ring for that one next time. Say, hey, I just did it. I got another guy. And this is how it works. It's like building these relationships where you bring value to one another. That's why I continue to get access to more people. So for example, when this is over, let's say you apply to come to Secret Knock and you join our family. And then all of a sudden you help me get a speaking gig that you just got a speaking gig. Didn't take anything away from you. It adds value to the next person and it's value to me. Well, the chance of me then going to my friends that I've had a chance to meet and go, hey, you got to go to this guy's show and bring even more talent. This is the way that the world should work. And for some reason, people think that there's a scarcity mindset that I'm taking away from someone by gifting and lifting someone else up. And it just doesn't work that way. The more we give, the more we share, the more we reciprocal, the more it keeps coming back. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to ask you, what's that one piece of advice that you would give, you know, future generations, but I think you just said it. No, not even close. The biggest one is this CPC. I wish I would have learned this when I was. Oh, yeah. You know, younger, I mentioned this on Clubhouse. Yeah. And it's an acronym that stands for Clues, Patterns, Choices. Okay. It's about accountability and responsibility for every single thing that happens. Stop blaming other people. So I'm a single guy, I'm 57, and I go out on a date with an amazing woman. She happens to be 20 minutes late. Anything could have happened, but there's a little red flag, and that's a C clue. But if I go on the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth date, every time she's 20 minutes late, that forms the P, the pattern. Now it's my C choice, whether I deal with it, yell at her, break up with her, but it's not her fault. She's just late. We have to stop trying to get people to change to fit into our own little paradigm box. Mm -hmm. But we see someone with a bad reputation in business, they cheat your best friend. We do business with them thinking it'll be different. And when things go wrong, we're mad at the person. We saw the clue, we saw the pattern, we made the choice. It's like seeing a rattlesnake rattle, bite your kid's sister, you go to pet it, get bit, and you're mad at the snake. Looking back, rarely are we angry at the relationships that failed or the business negotiations that fell through. We're just mad that we stayed in too long because we saw the clue, we saw the pattern, but we made our choices late. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. a good one, isn't it? I no, mean, for sure. At, at the end of the day, that's that's the one that to me that, that keeps going down, going. That's the nugget. That is so good. I'm, I'm like getting the neck hairs are standing up because I'm just like fired up for this. So awesome. I, I'm a music guy. So I have to ask this question. But do you have a favorite band or favorite type of music you like to listen to? Yeah, you, you won't agree with it, but it's Billy Joel. I'm a huge fanatic. If you walk around my house, it's yeah. the only thing I've got like pictures hand painted of Billy Joel. I'm just a big fan. And he's one of the only idols that I've never met. And I've kind of done that specifically. You know, you don't want to meet your ultimate hero because right. of my illusion. But yeah. uh, the bottom line is the that's definitely my era. 
Billy Joel. I love it, man. He's he's a, such a great entertainer and a great musician and an artist. Absolutely. Well, who was the what was the first concert that you ever attended? Kiss. Kiss. Oh, yeah. Kiss. Yeah. That, what a great show. Rock and roll all night. Right. And yeah. So it was Kiss, and then after that, it was probably the Pink Floyd's and all the different ones. But again, my era was fog hat and you know it was it was it was the 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 the, the rock and roll era of the 70s uh, it was the greatest era ever my dad and my he took my mom to see kiss in washington like in the 70s and he told me the story of like gene simmons coming around the corner in the limo and actually i said like hey, to my mom to like get in the limo and she's like no no like my life would have been totally changed if she had gotten in the limo exactly in that in that amazing i and I, I had a chance to hang out with gene simmons at the playboy mansion of all places okay and it was it, he's such a nice guy and what a yeah. good brilliant business mind and all these people, you know, they see things different where we, most people see things the way they are. These other people just see what's possible and what can be. And I, I keep seeing that as a common denominator. And then they don't overcomplicate success. You know, the first billionaire I ever met, I go, how'd you make your money in dirt? He goes, oh, that's easy. He goes, time plus land is wealth. I go, describe. He goes, I look for a town that's growing exponentially at 25% a year. Go on Google Maps. It's free. You can find it anywhere. He goes, I look for Broadway, Main Street. I draw a line out eight miles and I buy the dirt. He goes, I rent that dirt to farmers. They pay the lease and I get vegetables for all these years. As the town continues to grow at 25%, which it's proven to do, eventually they end up on my plot. And since I'm on Broadway Main Street and I own the biggest amount of land, that's what I resell to the big box stores for 800 times what I paid, a billion dollars. Wow. Taking notes. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's awesome. That is so good. What is something that you fear that you wish you didn't? I'm not a big fear guy, so yeah, I don't. I nothing's popping. My kid getting hurt, you know. I guess that's right. the only one, but I don't yeah. even fear that because he's a boy and he's gonna get jacked up. I'm the yeah. only weird dad. Every time he's riding a skateboard and he gets jacked up and thing, I go woo! Right? Hey, what are you? applaud me i go that's part of life. that means you're doing something right yeah. you know it's oh. so funny i'm 50 i skateboard every day okay i play football three times a day where we throw the ball we play pool ping pong my house is like a big old bachelor pad and the whole idea is you stay active and if i wake up and i'm not hurting i feel bad because i feel like i wasn't doing anything the day before such a great way to look at life man Absolutely. You know, I, I'm 41 now. And when I turned 40, I said, man, I got to get rid of this dad bod. And I was like, I'm going to do it last year before I turned 40, you know, and I started for like three days and I was working out and I was doing 45 minutes of cardio for, you know, I was going to do it for 90 days straight. And I lasted like five days and like quit. And I was like, what? Yeah. The? I was ben, so pissed. Ben, ben, ben Jerry's creeps in. They always do. Yeah. Yeah, they creep in. I don't know how they keep finding their way to the freezer. Right. Yeah. Well, then I, I restarted day seven and I went 127 days straight <laughs> and lost 30 pounds. Like I was like, that's it. No more, man. And so now I'm on this, this hot streak of, you know, uh, no more dad bod for me. I'm 41. And I said, I'm going to be in the best shape I can by the age of 41. And Greg, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. Truly an honor to have you on my show. You are an absolute world changer. And I so appreciate taking the time. Absolutely. Well, let me end with one little story because yeah. we want to end on a high note. And, yeah. you know, one of my greatest aha epiphanies, this entire thing, especially Three Feet from Gold, was this story, the interview of, uh, what is his name, John Schwartz, the guy who created string theory. Okay. And I think this is a good aha that yeah. they can close up on because, you know, he's given me the greatest, you know, inspiration ever because he said that successful people seek counsel 
and failures listen to opinion. And I think this is the thing that holds most people back. They talk to their family and friends that talk them out of their stuff rather than seeking counsel from people who know what they're talking about. And I said, well, what's the difference? He goes, opinion is based on ignorance, lack of knowledge or inexperience or counsels based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship, always seek counsel. And so what do you mean? He goes, well, you can go to a family friend and tell them you're gonna write a best-selling book, but they're gonna protect you to keep you safe and talk you out of doing it. And they've never written a best-selling book. Yeah. But if you go to Mark Victor Hansen, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, sold a billion copies, he's going to say, here's what you need to know, and then offer counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. John Schwartz said, if we would spend our activity only seeking counsel and ignoring people's opinion, that's the day your life would change. That's why we created Secret Knock. That's why we created these spheres of influence. This is the whole concept. Surround yourself with people who are doing. The fact of the matter, if you're watching this and you're thinking about starting a podcast, call this cat. Look, he had an idea. He took action and is implementing it. And now he's booked out. Find the successful actions of other people and follow it. And I want to say thanks for having me on. And I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also, leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of this show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there. And please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.